I'm Pastor Dan. Did you start recording like 30 seconds ago? <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a copy of that? <laughs> yeah. Good morning. I know I see visitors and welcome. Hopefully you'll come back. We do have pastors in the future that are great orators. <laughs> Amen. I'm Pastor Dan, for those who don't know. You'll find that the title of my sermon this morning is The Kiss of Death. My text is the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 14 to 16, verses 20 to 25, and verses 47 to 50. You're going to find that title and that text and the outline, sermon outline, in your bulletin in an insert. That text is the, in the New American Standard Version. If you have a version other than that, put it down and take out the insert so we can all be on the same words. Makes a difference. So this morning, let us turn to Psalm 1914, as I generally do, and let us seek God's anointing on my words, on your thoughts, and on our worship. So Lord God, this morning, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen? You know, there are many famous people in the Bible. There is Moses who parted the Red Sea. There is Daniel who slept in a lion's den. There is David, the most famous giant killer in history. And then, of course, there is Jesus Christ, who is simply the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But the most infamous person in the Bible without a doubt, is Judas Iscariot. He is, without question, the most wicked man in the Bible. His is the saddest story in the Bible. He has the most despised name in history. Let me ask you a question, and think about it carefully. Have you ever in your life met an individual named Judas? You might find someone named Jude... Even the Beatles didn't name their song, Hey Judas. It was, Hey Jude. I've met many, many men named Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Peter, Paul, Andrew, and James. But I've never met a man whose mother named him Judas. And it's worse than that. I've never heard of a master naming his dog Judas. We name our dogs Fufu, Fifi, but never Judas. Our pets do not carry that name. You know, in John 17, 12, Jesus calls Judas the son of perdition. And the Greek word for perdition literally means waste. An interesting fact that you may not know is that the name Judas comes from the word Judah, which generally means, literally means praise. His life, like every life, was meant to be alive, live for praise to God. But instead, it was a complete waste. Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus with a kiss, has become the most detested person in history. The Judas name itself bears such a stigma that neither children nor pets carry that name. Now, the New Testament writers had such a disdain for the name Judas that every time you read a list of the disciples in the Gospels, Judas is always mentioned dead last. 
Yet there is one thing we learn because of Judas, and that is that even when we betray God, God will not betray us. I had never seriously studied the life of Judas Iscariot, nor have I ever preached a message on him. But as I did my research for this message, I must tell you, it became one of the most difficult messages that I ever had to struggle with. Because it forced me, as it's going to force you, to examine your own heart. When you study the man who literally gave Jesus the kiss of death, you realize that there are several things true about Judas that are also true about each of us. So consider first, you can fake a relationship with Jesus. See, there's a fascinating fact about Judas and the disciples that at first glance you might miss. I want you to see if you can pick it up in what Jesus said in our text, Matthew 26, verses 20 to 22. Listen carefully. Now when evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve disciples. As they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you that one of you will betray me. Being deeply grieved, they each one began to say to himself, Surely not I, Lord. Do you see what I'm talking about? Have you figured it out yet? Here is what I want you to see. It was not readily apparent to any of the disciples who this traitor, this betrayer might be. In fact, the first thing each one of the disciples asked was, Could it be me? If you had been in that room that night and you had lived with Jesus and the 12 disciples for three years and someone had said to you, pick out the traitor, your odds would have been no better than 1 in 12. Why? Because outwardly it is possible to fake a relationship with Jesus. Just like the disciples, you would have been shocked to find out that the traitor was Judas. In verse 47, look at how Matthew refers to Judas even in the Garden of Gethsemane. It states, while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve. Matthew still refers to Judas as one of the twelve, and he is often designated that way in the New Testament. And the reason why I believe the New Testament writers keep referring to Judas as one of the twelve was to emphasize How shocked, how stunned, how surprised they were that Judas turned out to be the traitor. Think about it. When Jesus called 12 men to follow him, he included Judas. According to Act 1, that means that Judas had been baptized by John the Baptist and had made some outward manifestation, profession of faith. For three years... Everything the disciples had done and experienced, he had done and experienced. For three years, he had heard the message of Christ. He had heard the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. He had heard those wonderful parables, the Good Samaritan, the Prodigal Son, and the Lost Sheep. Let me just say this to you right now. It is frightening that someone could be exposed to so much truth from the Son of God himself in a three-year period and yet not only remain an unbeliever, but be strengthened in his unbelief. And that is why it is not only important to hear the truth, but to believe the truth and receive the truth. 
He also saw the miracles of Jesus. He was there with the disciples on the Sea of Galilee when the storm arose and he saw Jesus walking on the water. And he saw Jesus calm another storm. He saw Jesus feed thousands of people with a few loaves and a few fish. He saw Jesus heal the blind, the deaf, the lame, and even bring dead people back to life. Yet, he never allowed Jesus to perform the miracle of changing his own heart. He saw men come to Christ. He saw a man named Nicodemus become born again and experience a a great new relationship with God. He saw a greedy tax collector named Zacchaeus climb down from a tree and join the disciples and become a follower of his. Amazingly, Judah saw many people come to Christ, but he never came to Christ. And most amazingly, he performed the ministry for Jesus. He went out and he preached the kingdom of God. And Jesus even made him the treasurer of the group. He let him handle the money, and that is why Judas is the greatest tragedy that ever lived. He is the perfect example of what it means to have a golden opportunity in your hands and lose it. For three years... He saw the same miracles, heard the same message, performed the same ministry as every other disciple, yet he did not become what they became. Listen, you can be a member of a church. You can hold down a church job. You can be a deacon. You can be a pastor, but that doesn't mean you have the call and that you're right with God. You can be connected with Jesus, but not be connected to Jesus. Judas was often at the side of Jesus, but never on the side of Jesus. And that's why the reason he could do the wicked things that he did is because he never knew Jesus. He knew about him, but he never knew him. Please understand, it is not that Judas was a believer and a follower and then turned away. He never really believed. It is a perfect example of 1 John 2.19, which states, They were not from us, but they were not really of us, for if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out, so that it would be shown that they all are not of us. You know, one of the most sobering and serious verses in all of the Bible is 2 Corinthians 13.5, which states, Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves, or do you not recognize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you? Ask yourselves this morning, right now, am I a follower or a faker? Is my relationship with Jesus Christ Real? Secondly, consider that you can break the heart of Jesus. Jesus has just finished washing the feet of the disciples, and they're about to observe Passover. It's a relaxed setting. The disciples are talking to each other. They're they're laughing. They're joking. And then we read these words. Verse 20 to 21. Now when evening came, 
Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve disciples. As they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you that one of you will betray me. That stopped everyone in their tracks. Every disciple's mouth flew wide open. Their eyes got as big as saucers. If you could convert the shark shark to electricity, there would be enough in that room to light up the city. But then Jesus, John rather, gives a little bit more detail about this scene. John 13, 21 to 22 states, When Jesus had said this, he became troubled in spirit. Troubled in spirit. And testified and said, Truly, truly, I say to you that one of you will betray me. The disciples began looking at one another at a loss to know of which one he was speaking. You talk about dropping a bombshell. It was not only what Jesus said, but the way he said it. The scripture says he was troubled in spirit. The word troubled is the same word that was used in John 11 when Jesus stood by the grave of Lazarus and wept. In other words, his heart was broken. It was not because he was going to the cross that Jesus was troubled. His heart was burdened that he was going to the cross. It was not broken that he was going to the cross. His heart was broken for Judas. His heart was broken that Judas had never loved him like all the other disciples. His heart was broken that Judas was about to make a decision that would condemn him to be eternally separated from God. His heart was broken that that Judas would not accept his love and his grace and his forgiveness. His heart was broken because someone that everybody considered to be really friendly with Jesus was really his greatest enemy. And that's what makes Judas' treachery so particularly terrible, wicked, and horrible. Has anyone ever hurt you? Has anyone ever betrayed you? Has anyone ever broken your heart? And if you are like me, you will realize something. If you look back and think about the people who have really hurt you in your life, it's not the people that you knew were your enemies. It is the people you thought were your friends. Do you realize that Jesus had to live with this hurt and this heartache for three years? It's worth noting that Judas had fooled everybody except Jesus. Jesus knew from the beginning that Judas would betray him. John six sixty four states, But there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe, and who it was that would betray him. For three years he knew that Judas was a fake and a fraud. Even to the very end, Judas rejected the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And unlike the other disciples who referred to Jesus that night as Lord, is it I, Lord? Judas couldn't even bring himself to do that. Listen to verse 25, which states, And Judas, who was betraying him, said, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. Jesus said to him, You have said it yourself. Every time we betray Jesus, it breaks his heart. 
We betray Jesus when we're ashamed to speak up for him. We betray Jesus when we refuse to accept his offer of salvation. We betray Jesus when we put money and material things ahead of his kingdom. And we betray Jesus when we deliberately disobey his commands. It tells us so much about Jesus to know that we can break his heart. There's one other lesson still to be learned from Judas. It's a positive lesson. And that is that you cannot shake the love of Jesus. Has it ever occurred to you that the only reason that Judas lived as long as he did and even lasted long enough to betray Jesus was because of the incredible love that Jesus had for him? Again, let's hear John 6.64, which states, But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who it was that would betray him. Any normal human being in the position of Jesus Christ, knowing what he knew about Judas, would have had Judas taken care of long before now. But not only did Jesus not take any action against him, But his love for Judas had been evident for three years. Now remember the night of the Last Supper, when Jesus predicted that someone would betray him, and all of the disciples were totally perplexed. They didn't have a clue which one of them was the traitor. That proves that Jesus had shown the same love for Judas for three years that he had shown to every other disciple. If Jesus had treated Judas differently, if he had ever been distant from him or even shown the least bit of resentment, every disciple would have picked up on it. And when Jesus washed the feet of the disciples, he washed the feet of Judas. You would never have noticed this. But at the supper, Jesus showed love to Judas by giving him the place of honor. Then John 13, 23 to 26 states, There was reclining on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. That's a reference to John who was, had his head on the chest of Jesus. So Simon Peter gestured to John and said to him, Tell us who it is of whom he's speaking. John, leaning back thus on Jesus' bosom, said to him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answered, That is the one for whom I shall dip the morsel and give it to him. So when he had dipped the morsel, he took and gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Judas was sitting at the left side of Jesus. At a traditional supper, the left hand was the place of honor. And the reason why Jesus, Judas was sitting in that place of honor is no doubt because the Lord had invited him to come and sit there that night. On the table, during the Passover feast, there would be a dish filled with bitter herbs, vinegar, salt, dates, figs, and raisins. Water would be added to it, and it would be mashed up into a kind of dip. The host would put a piece of bread into that dip, and to whomever he gave it to would be considered that night the guest of honor. When Jesus gave that dip to Judas, it was just another way of saying, I love you. I will still accept you and receive you if you will come to me. 
But for Judas, the table was set and the deed was done. And the way it was done only added insult to injury. Jesus and the disciples are now in the Garden of Gethsemane when we read these words. Verses 47 to 49. While he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, came up accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs who came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he who was betraying him gave him a sign saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one, seize him. Immediately Judas went to Jesus and said, Hail, Rabbi, and kissed him. With a smile on his lips, but on his face, but, but death on his lips, he calls Jesus by the respected title, Rabbi, and kisses him. And as you're going to see, it was the kiss of death, but not primarily for Jesus, but for Judas. Kisses were part of the culture of that day. Slaves would kiss the feet of their masters. Many times criminals would kiss the feet of the king, seeking a pardon. Great respect was shown to someone when you kissed the hem of their garments. Students would often kiss the hands of their teachers. But an embrace and a kiss was to be a sign of affection and love and intimacy, and it was usually reserved for the closest of friends. You know, Judas didn't have to kiss Jesus. He could have just pointed him out and said, there he is, seize him, go get him. Instead, he kissed him. In the original language, it doesn't just mean he gave him a peck on the cheek. Instead, he kissed him again and again and again and again. He kissed him repeatedly. And how did Jesus respond? Verse 50, And Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you've come for. Even in the end, he was calling Judas friend. However, he did not use the normal word for friend. He scaled it down. He used a word that simply means companion or acquaintance. But even at that last minute, there is no condemnation of Judas, no anger, and no bitterness. He was still dealing with Judas with that tender love that he had in his heart for all men. And in case you don't know how the story ends with Judas, the Bible goes on to say that he goes out to a field, throws a rope across a limb of tree, makes a noose, ties it around his neck, and swings out into a godless eternity. You know, it's extremely difficult for me to even fathom how anyone can live without God. But I don't understand how anyone can die without God. If there was a grave for Judas that we could find and a gravestone that marked it, do you know what I believe would be the final epitaph of this man? It is the same epitaph that could be written on the gravestone of every single person who dies without Jesus. And here's what Jesus said about Judas, verse 24. It would have been good for that man if he had never been born. Do you know why that is true? The Bible says that if you are born twice, physically and spiritually, you will die once. If you are born once, 
you will die twice, physically and spiritually. If you die twice, you will have wished that you had never been born. Well, Judas wound up as the only man in the whole Bible who is individually named as being in hell today. You know, I've said in other sermons that every sinner will go to hell unsaved, but no sinner goes to hell unloved. So I'm going to thank God. We should all thank God that if we betray him, he never betrays us. And I encourage you to give your heart, your life, and to surrender to a God such as that. Amen? And as we go out into the world, remember, we worship 24-7. We hold ourselves accountable for God. We're out there to spread the gospel that others might come to know him and know his salvation. We go out and we preach the gospel in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, for there is only one true God. Amen. Amen.